0: Welcome to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm Benjamin Wargle, the Wisconsin football and basketball beat writer for Rivals.com, coming at you today from my home office, which has turned into a kindergarten and 4K classroom, a Lego City, a Princess Palace, and my bar, which is serving one daily and serving multiple times on a daily basis after teaching kindergarten and 4K in the early morning hours. I hope everyone listening is staying safe and staying home as much as you possibly can. And most importantly, thank you to all the people who are listening that work in the healthcare system, work in restaurants, policemen, firemen, public safety, and all other essential employees out there risking their health for everybody else. Your work is not going uh, underappreciated. We really appreciate what you're doing for us. For the rest of us who are craving any type of sports nugget or, or information that's out there, there really has been no sign of a return to normalcy anytime soon. In fact, as we've seen in the past week, more things are getting taken off the docket, and those were things that weren't scheduled to be played until later this summer. So things are extending out even further. Uh, Wimbledon, which was supposed to be played the beginning of June, has been canceled. The 2020 Olympics, scheduled for late July, early August in Tokyo, will now happen one year later. And here, closer to home, both the University of Wisconsin and Ohio State University have canceled in-person classes uh, for the summer semester, which makes things ominous for coaches of fall sports hoping to get their kids back on campus for summer workouts to start preparing for fall camp and the fall season. So with the cancellation of multiple winter sports championships and spring sports, the status of fall sports is starting to be brought into the equation. What's going to happen with college football this upcoming year has been one of the prime questions that has been tossed around over the last several days, lead into this COVID-19 pandemic's next victim in the world of athletics. We're going to talk about that today with my guest, the head coach of Wisconsin- uh, women's volleyball, Kelly Sheffield. I'll ask him about the impact of losing spring practices, what he's doing to get his team prepared for this upcoming season, and if he thinks the Badgers will indeed play a full fall schedule beginning in five months' time. That'll be become up here in a couple minutes. And because we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple weeks or a couple days or even a couple hours with this covid nineteen pandemic, the University of Wisconsin has started to come out with their doomsday scenarios. The scenarios of what will happen if games are missed this fall, if practice times are missed, if a whole season is missed, and how that is going to affect multiple sports, including the big money maker of college football. Now, Wisconsin is scheduled to open the football season on September 4th against Indiana at Camp Randall Stadium. That would be the first of six home games For the Badgers this fall, games that typically bring in multi-million dollars for the athletic department. UW also will play four true road games, have a game at Wrigley Field against Northwestern, and a neutral site game against Notre Dame on October 3rd at Lambeau Field, another big moneymaker for the program. Now, according to figures published by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel earlier this week, UW officials initially budgeted $25.2 million for football tickets for this upcoming fiscal year. The next highest total is men's basketball at just a little under $6.4 million. So you can tell that the football ticket, the sales that bring in from football tickets, really carries the budget for Wisconsin athletics. Now the projection for 2020-2021 includes $42.5 million from the Big Ten media rights and another $6.1 million from bowl games. Without college football, that media right package will take a hit. Now, UW is already projected to lose at least $4 million because of spring sports cancellation. That's not a ton of money when you consider Wisconsin's budget for this past year was $159 million, but that number is expected to go up. Not the budget, the loss. The NCAA also recently announced its distribution to Division I conferences and schools for 2020 was reduced by $375 million dollars. Just two and a quarter, $225 million because of the cancellation of the men's basketball tournament, which brings in billions of dollars from CBS, which has the exclusive television rights. Now, UW draws around 15 percent of their budget from its annual revenue of football ticket sales and football heavy media deals are another large part of the budget. The Associate Press's Ralph Russo said last week on social media that one athletic director he spoke to is preparing for multiple scenarios for his school with the upcoming college football season. A 10-game football season, losing one home game, losing two home games, having no fans all season, having no fans for the first two months of the season, and other scenarios that he would consider worst-case scenarios. What I just read to you were the best-case scenarios which don't sound pretty good, especially when it comes to Wisconsin if you follow losing home games. A story on Hero Sports' website ran a proposed two-game cutdown for every team to make this massive jigsaw puzzle work because keep in mind, these schedules are finalized years in advance. And in their scenario, UW would lose two non-conference home games, their Week 2 game against Southern Illinois and their Week 3 game against Appalachian State a crushing budget scenario for Wisconsin to have lost millions of dollars in those situations. But bottom line, UW is preparing for that, for those many scenarios, but just like many of us, including our next guests, we're just all hoping for normalcy to return so we can get back to talking about the play on the court, on the field, instead of when the play will return to the court and to the field. Our guest this week is preparing to enter his ace season as the head coach of the Wisconsin volleyball program. Last year, he guided the Badgers to 27 wins, a Big Ten championship, and a runner-up finish in the NCAA tournament. He is Kelly Sheffield, joining us now on the program. And, And Kelly, how does a coach unplug from his sport? Are you catching up on the DVR? Are you finishing projects at home? More time with the family? Math homework? What's kind of been your life now as we kind of go through this quarantine?
1: time with the family i mean this time of the year we're usually you know we're doing a lot of recruiting so i'm i'm on the road a lot and you know we have afternoon practices so the time that i'm practicing is done i'm usually getting home right before bedtime so i'm helping the kids go to bed and then maybe see them off to school so about 30 minutes in the morning so we are spending way more time with the family and uh, you know helping them with school and uh you know during the day afternoon, we get outside, we played you know, we played some um you know, had a catch with, with each of our kids yesterday and you know, going we out on a lot of walks and a little bit of volleyball in the back, you heard uh you know board games, uh all, all of that stuff with the with family and then um uh, you know and then just trying to trying to trying to plan uh with the uh you know, with all the changes, the the landscape is constantly changing. So, try to trying to stay on top of that and, and try to be one step and
0: out in front. Are you are you letting the kids win at the board games? Or are you are you going for uh, for cutthroat?
1: You know, we used to give them more victories. Um, <laughs> they're for some reason their trash talking is really picked up um, recently, and you just can't have that. And so, as their trash talk. Has uh, is uh, is risen? Uh, their their victories have dropped.
0: <laughs> funny, funny how that correlates as kids get older, isn't it? There, there's a lesson learned here, <laughs> and, you know. By uh, uh, we had a
1: my youngest just turned seven last week, and we were we kind of made up some balloon volleyball game the other night in our basement, and. She starts just, uh, you know, yelling in your face, in your face, and that kind of stuff. And you just can't have a seven-year-old do that. And um, it, you know, and I, uh, so she learned some valuable lessons about uh, humility and, and things like that. We had, we definitely had to put the seven-year-old down. <laughs>
0: there's there's nothing nothing more humbling as a father than being trash talked by your six-year-old. I can vouch for that. <laughs> How are things going with your volleyball family, Coach? How much are you in contact with your players on a on a weekly basis? As we all try to to navigate this world without our routine.
1: You know, you're trying to communicate without being in their face. <laughs> you know, of uh, uh, so there is there's different types of communication. There's the you know the one on one communication that we're assigning our staff members. Of, you know, every week of here, you're responsible for these players. Of, of, you know sending an occasional text Or, or to check in With them and the family um, We're doing a weekly Zoom You know And, and a little bit of Small group stuff but, You know You, you want to communicate You want to be able To continue to build Relationships You don't want to be A constant uh, Because that turns into A, a, a nuisance I, I guess And so um, Yeah but there is There is communication There's, there's obviously Nothing in the gym They have uh, Our strength coaches Send them uh, workout plans and, and workout packages, so they're all you know they're all getting out and doing all that, and it sounds like their schoolwork is is, is going alright.
0: So I think they're managing well. I think that's the hardest thing for a lot of coaches now, Kelly, because when you have the kids, when you're around the kids in person on a daily basis, you can kind of monitor things a little bit better. Now it's about a trust factor that you're trusting them to do their schoolwork online. You're trusting them to work out on their own to be prepared mentally and physically for whenever things get started to normal now it seems like you have a a pretty veteran group for the most part but is there still that some some of that worry that now that they're on their own and have to do things to try to keep their edges sharp that they will be on on point on task or do you have to do do you have a good trust factor with them or do you have to kind of do a lot of i guess parenting to a degree to make sure that they are checking all these boxes on that process
1: you know i think that's an excellent question it's a uh, it, and i would say it depends on the year it depends on the team it's uh you know there's the now i remember there were teams early on in my career that uh, we actually did class check you know, and I'm sure there's probably some of that with some of the teams in our own athletic department here. Uh, I haven't done that in years. I don't even know if we've done that here since I've been in Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, this last, last year, this group had the highest GPA in program history. Uh, you know, there are a large group of us. A good percentage of us are going into their senior years, and they've got big athletic goals, big audacious goals in, in, in front of them. So with this group, there's a maturity and there's how they've conducted themselves in the past and the goals that are in front of them. You know, there's there's no worry about this group. Uh, But now maybe three years ago when these guys were freshmen, you know, a large percentage of them were freshmen. We had very, you know, we didn't have necessarily a lot of uh, in-depth with our leadership and things. People just trying to figure out the lay of the land. There'd be a lot more concern with this group I think you know you don't get in their face because I'm uncomfortable. You, you trust them, like you said, that was the word that you used. Is um, there's a high level of trust with this group that they'll they'll get the work done? And they certainly sure seem like they are.
0: When people think spring sports in college, I think minds tend to go to baseball, softball, you know, tennis and golf, and especially at Wisconsin, you know, it's badger football practices, but spring is an important time for you as well in your program. Typically, what does your spring practice schedule entail for those that don't know? And and what main goals do you usually try to accomplish when you have that full slate of spring practice workouts and schedule and, and matches?
1: Yeah, it's a tough time. I mean, it's a tough time. It, it's, you know, in-season, you know, it's about, it, it, you know, whether it's, it, it's football or volleyball, the, the fall is about the team. Mm-hmm. You know, you're progressing as a team. Everything is about the team and getting better. But but uh, the spring is about the individual. It's where we see so much more growth individually. You know, you, you're, you're working with every player on the roster about the same. You're really... Uh, Trying to identify what they need to do for their own game to go to the next level, and you're working on that. And so, we had just gotten into practices that were, you know, we were with them four days a week, and um, uh, so there's four days a week workouts with our strength coach. Four days a week in the gym, we had four opportunities to to play spray matches uh, against uh, other teams. We got one of those under our belt, uh, which which was good. Um, but yeah, now you've got to find, uh, you know, they're going to lose out on some of those opportunities, It's uh, which is, which is going to be tough, but it's probably going to be tougher for some other teams more so than ourselves. I mean, last year we traveled to Europe and we got some extra time with this group. we return returned a large portion, uh, of our team. And so we're probably better equipped to handle this than most teams. You know, we got a uh, All-American setter that's going into her senior year and mm-hmm. so it'd be a little bit different. It's. We had an incoming freshman setter. You know, the football team is going to be better equipped with experienced quarterbacks than, than they would be if it's uh, a, a newbie coming in and running a show or if you have a new head coach coming in and trying to install their offense right from the get-go. So, um, you know, it's tough for all of us, but there's probably going to be some other teams that are going to have a tougher time than probably what we will with this.
0: Can you make up for the development time you've lost? Or is this pretty much what's, what's done is done and you just have to move forward the best you can? Because it doesn't seem like with how things are being built out and the unknown, it, it seems like it's going to be hard to add time anywhere before you have to start thinking about the season. You know, I
1: think you're going to get in trouble uh, if you're thinking about making up for lost time. If yeah. That is your mindset. You're going to have a tough time. You know, you can do some things right now to kind of, you know, move things along a little bit, uh, whether that's meetings or film or things like that. You can do a little bit of that. Um, but if you're thinking here, as soon as we get back, we've got to go. We've got, uh, those people, those teams, those programs are going to have injuries. Um, and, uh, you can't get up to, you can't go from zero to a hundred without there being, um, injury issues so those are going to be some things although they're working out it's not going to be quite the same as what they would would be and so there's going to have to be there's going to be a slower approach to get people up to speed than probably what they usually are so um that's certainly going to be something that's going to be in the in, not in the back but in the front of all of our minds as we get back is hey we got to bring this really really slow so we're
0: not losing a lot of people along the way yeah, that's a really good point. Um, what, what part of your team or teams across the spectrum do you think losing this time hurts more with being on the court? Do you think it's the freshmen coming into a program or that have been in your program just one year? Or is it the players that are fighting for a spot in rotations? It, what do you think that how does this impact people more losing this individual time?
1: And, you know, I think about a player like Devin Robinson, you know, she, she was a player that graduated from high school a semester early, came in here uh, with a purpose of trying to get in the starting lineup and to learn and to get up to speed with so many people that were, you know, we, we were turning a lot of people. And so, um, you know, although she you know she played with the USA Junior National Team, she was a starter for them for a couple of years, you know, kept, Nick is just a different animal. Yeah. So, you know, she's losing on a really valuable time. But then you have a player like, you know, we've got a transfer, Deanna Craft uh, from Pepperdine. She's played beach volleyball, one of the top beach volleyball teams in the country. She's been on their top team the last four years. She's a tra- graduate transfer coming in here and transferred to the indoor game. A player that we think can really have an opportunity to step in and helping us right away. And this could possibly be hurting her with us not being able to, you know, be around on campus and then not being able to do open gyms in the summer. And, uh, you know, it, and then a player, you know, people that are, have been on the team for a couple of years that are trying to go to the next level. It's, uh, it's tough. You know, volleyball is one of those teams for, uh, for whatever reason. We don't get the opportunity to work with our players in the summer. So let's say uh, say this gets back up and going in June, which I do not anticipate that being. But let's say that that it does, that teams are able to work with their players in June and in July. Our players are essentially not going to be able to do that until we get started in our season. So that's a large chunk of time that I think it's going to affect different players differently.
0: Uh, Kelly Sheffield join us here on the program but what what guidance have you received from the Wisconsin athletic department or even the NCAA about navigating through this campus-wide shutdown with your players has there I'm sure is being a, a former coach has been very uh, hands-on to a degree um, maybe I'm wrong but what have you kind of received from uh, the athletic department about trying to make this work the best the best you possibly can yeah,
1: I'll tell you what it's I, I love watching how leaders lead. uh, And it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's sports, uh, business, politics. I just, you know, when things hit the fan, you really learn a lot about uh, people. Uh, Personally, this is not a political statement or anything, but it's just, I've been really impressed with our governor. I've been really impressed with our university president, with our athletic director, and with the people that are in his administration. Uh, I think there have been some people that have responded in really, really powerful ways that have shown some, that have had to make tough decisions. But uh, what I'm finding is, is that everybody in my orbit and with the Ad Light Department, everyone knows that this is a tough time, But everybody's sitting there going, hey, the health of our people is number one. There's nothing that's going to even trump that. We've got to keep people safe. And that's everybody's North Star. And so, yeah, it's a moving target right now with how long this is. And there's tough decisions that are being made. Um, you know, but it's a, um, uh, it, it's it, you know, who knows where we're going to be. I mean, we're hoping we have a season. Right. I mean, it, and quite frankly, that may be a coin flip right now as if we're going to have that, but also of uh, trying to be thinking about some contingency plans. We also there's also an understanding that no matter how tough this is for us, that there's going to be there are people and there's going to be people that are going to be going through a lot tougher times than than what we are. And so let's try to keep that perspective. And so those that's a that's a reminder, a frequent reminder to our to our teams and, and to our staff and uh, to to just, you know, keep this in perspective.
0: You mentioned earlier that about about recruiting, that usually you're on the road a lot right now in in terms of going to uh, different events all around the country. And There's been a huge adjustment to the recruiting calendar. The NCAA announced Wednesday, I think, that the recruiting dead period has now been extended through the end of May. How how does that affect your staff's ability to work on your 2021 signing class and beyond?
1: Man, it is really tough from the standpoint of recruiting is about building relationships. And, uh, and I think it's, um, you, you know, not only for the success of the team, but also for once somebody's on your campus, that they're, they're there for their career and not having a program where people are constantly transferring out. Um, and I think all of that is based on communication and relationships, and I think that's always best done face-to-face. You can do some things virtually and, and those types of things. Um but it, it just—it's not the same. And uh, uh, but for us personally, you know, we've been done with our with our 2020 class and our 2021 class for quite a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for for probably a, a year now. You know, we we've got some uh, we could take in a transfer or two if, if need be. But from kids coming from high school, have been done for a while. So our focus has been the 22 and the 23 class um both of those what are recruiting instead of having a big net and having a lot of players in that net we really keep it really small so we can build those relationships and we can really watch those people in action so for us we've really we've we've dialed in on our group and we've been able to see them a lot we're not going to be able to see them progress and how they're improved during this the course of this year uh which is and we might be better positioned than a lot of other places. You know what some of the other schools that I that I used to coach at, you know, we weren't identifying the absolute best of the best. And so we had to have a much bigger next That really would have hurt me a lot more uh, in our programs if you're dealing with you know, we're recruiting forty or fifty people for this one position than we are three or four
0: or 40. I, I think I know the answer to this, and it's kind of a hard question for you to answer, but I'll ask for you to compare you and, and Paul Cress. Football typically signs roughly 20 players a year while you signed three last year. And having a shortened calendar, it, it seems like it would hurt Paul more than you in terms of building the class just because of the net that you mentioned. Is, is that probably fairly accurate? Our recruiting calendar is way longer than his. Right. So his is, is
1: really short and really intense where mm-hmm. they are gone and they are absolutely gone. Ours is stretched out more, so we'll go out here a couple, two or three days this week and two or three days, come back and work with our team, go out two or three days until you get to the end of June where we're pretty much all gone for three weeks straight. It's, um, yeah, they're dealing with, with different numbers. You know, but at the end of the day, it still comes back to relationships. So you're you're seeing their position coaches, you know, really take the lead in certain kids. Where I'm pretty much taking the lead, me and Brittany, uh, for the most part, uh, with 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 ours. But yeah, it's it's uh, I'm not even going to pretend to know what the world they're living in, but I'm sure that's that's a big time. It's a big time challenge, and that's one of the things that we discuss with our coaches is that we got to make sure that when we're on the phone with our coaches that we're talking with them through their humanity and and not just as as an athlete, just really trying to get to know them. and And I think the football staff, I think all of our coaching staffs, man, I, you're just not going to find a staff out there, a coaching staff. A cr- you know, across an athletic department, that is probably going to be able to come out of this as well as this group because I think they value the right things, they value the people, they communicate really well. And, uh, it's, you know, a short story I'll, I'll relate to you is that, you know, we, I had a, um, I had a financial planner that, that was trying to get our business the other day and, uh, they called me and, and at the end they said, hey, I think you ought to look at buying some stocks right now because the economy is going down. And I'm sitting there going, well, that might be really good advice. But you also might be coming at a standpoint that you're just trying to make an extra buck yourself Mm -hmm. right now. So I don't know where you're coming from here. Is it my best interest or is it your best interest? I think the coaches here in our life department, when they're communicating to kids, when they're communicating to recruits, I think at the end of those phone calls, I think so many of our those recruits are going to sit there and say, man, I just got off the phone with somebody that really has my best interest at heart. And uh, I think during times of crisis, uh, I think the leadership in our department is really going to shine.
0: There's still a lot we don't know about this pandemic, so it's tough to kind of ask the what-if questions. But you, you mentioned that this season's going to maybe be a coin flip whether it's going to happen or not. And I know that Wisconsin in the last couple of days has started preparing for the possibility that fall sports will be affected in some regard. I guess, would you, as we kind of sit here today, not knowing a ton, would you be surprised if you played your entire season without any differences or cancellations? Or do you think that something abbreviated will most likely happen? If you had a guess today,
1: man. Yeah. Man, I think it depends on almost the hour that you ask me. I know, you know, of, of what of what this is going to look like. I think, I think the key is you can't be making decisions. We're all just sitting at home, you know. And so sometimes, it, it, you know, people are just used to doing things. Here, we got to do something. We got to do something. And this unknown thing breaks a lot of people out, and they feel like, man, I've got to, I've got to take action on something. The problem is, if you're taking action right now, you might regret that action down the road. Yeah. So, you know, I think so much is just planning and being prepared. It's, uh, you know, I can certainly see a scenario that we're back in preseason regular time and we're just off and going. Things are, you know, things are a little bit different. There's some adjustments, but we're going. I can totally see an abbreviated thing that you're talking about. It may be no conference, out-of-conference matches, and we get right into conference season, you know, a month later. I could see that. I could see. Uh, I could see false sports being moved to the spring. Uh, I could see that. I could see a, a nightmare scenario in our world, at least, of it just being canceled, and um, uh, nobody's wanting that. And the nightmares that that would do would be uh, insane. But, uh, but I'm sure at, the, at, at different levels, all those things are being discussed.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially at at Wisconsin or anywhere. I mean, sports, I think, gives people just that sense of community. It gives them that fandom that people like. I mean, you... At, especially with the volleyball program you're among the leaders and fan attendance every year i mean how bizarre would it be if the NCAA says oh you can play but no fans you have to play in a, a quiet fieldhouse, just family members only that would feel like that would be a huge blow too but at least you get to play that's kind of one of those weird twilight zone scenarios where you're playing in front of a huge fan base except they're not allowed to watch you play
1: you know but- plan was for us to open up the, uh, the rest of the upper deck, yeah, and we would have gone from second to first in national attendance. You have women's hockey that is leading the nation in attendance, and men's hockey that is up there, football that is up there, men's basketball that is up there. And, and what I'm saying is that athletics is really, really big to our community, uh, the, how it makes everybody feel, you know. It's uh, you, you know, this is an active community. This is an upbeat, and optimistic <laughs> community that that we're all uh, a, a part of. It. And Badger Athletics is a major part of that. And the more that this goes down, I think this is that, that's going to you know, it's going to hurt people's psyches a little bit. Certainly, uh, there's going to be some people that aren't going to be able to afford to go to some of these competitions that have been able to in the past, and your heart breaks for, for those financial decisions. But I think from a psychological standpoint, if, um, you know, of not being able to, to go and get that release, it's um, that that's going to be tough, you know, if, if we get to that point. And so, no, God, man, we, we don't want to play in, in empty arenas, but there's actually some road matches that it almost feels like that. it's <laughs> 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 I won't well those schools. But uh, you know, hopefully hopefully we're not we're not finding ourselves in that world.
0: Couple more minutes here with Kelly Sheffield, the head uh, volleyball coach at the University of Wisconsin. And I'm sure this varies between a coaching perspective and a playing perspective. Um, but how much training camp do you think a college program needs to be adequately prepared for the beginning of a season, whatever that is? You mentioned it's important to bring them along slowly because of if you rush then injuries could could uh, really uh, grow, and that could be a problem for a program, especially with low in numbers like volleyball or men's basketball or so forth. How long do you think um, a training camp or a fall camp programs are going to need before you realistically can start playing games?
1: You ask a, a volleyball coach, a basketball coach, a football coach, a hockey coach. You ask any, any coach.
0: It's no never I enough say. time.
1: We we need three months here, man. <laughs> yeah. We need three months, and, uh, and you ask a player, and they'll say we need three days, mm-hmm. and, and, and we're good. It's uh, I don't know. It's somewhere in, in, in there. It's um, the, the the bigger thing is not just implementing what you got to implement. Uh, to me, the bigger thing is is that you're not gutting your roster um, by trying to do too much too quickly, and that will be. Uh, that will be something that we will have to constantly, in conjunction with our strength coaches and our athletic trainers, uh, everybody on our coaching staff. Uh, that we're going to have to be cognizant of is that, and, and that would be something that you know, you sit back and, and you look at you know, from the sidelines, is are there going to be a lot more injuries when we get back, and um, and how do we prevent that? Uh, that that's just. Uh, that's just going to be really critical. How much time that we need, man? I, I don't know. It's. Um, I think the players that are that are spending a lot more time on their couch and not getting out and moving around, uh, they're going to need more time. Yeah, you know. And there's other people that are able to to get out and they're getting workouts in. They're moving around. They've got some elbow room. You know, I talked to I talked to a group the other day. You know, and they've got a they've got a lot of acreage at their house. You know out moving around and you know, running hills in their backyard and they 've got a barn going out and, and shooting some baskets and doing some things, but we've got other people that they're, they're back home with their family and the family's downsized and they're living in an apartments and <laughs> there's not a whole lot of movement that, that is going around there it's uh, I think it's going to be a case by case basis.
0: Tell me a little bit about your team this year, Kelly. You obviously, last year you won the Big Ten, 18-2, and then a, 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 a probably the, easily the toughest conference in volleyball every year. You made all the way to the national finals. You have a lot of players coming back. I'm sure a lot of leaders in this group to help you kind of navigate through this. This, this is a squad that, you, as a coach, you probably really like and you want to see what they can do sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it, you know it, you talk about the Big Ten at one point last year five of the top seven teams in the country. Yeah, right. We're from the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean it, it, you know there's as many volleyball teams as there are men's basketball teams. Could you imagine a conference in men's basketball that's got five of the top seven in the league? The, the, that's the, the, that's how gnarly this this league is in our sport, and we won it last year with a team that was kind of loaded with juniors. We had a lot of juniors and we will be, you know, a couple of years ago, we were the youngest team in the NCAA tournament this next year. We'll probably be the most experienced, uh, team in the country. And, uh, you know, it, that's, uh, that's, it's got uh, a chance of doing some really special things. So, you, you know, you, you want them to be able to run and, um, uh, and, and be able to accomplish and get in the game for some of those really big goals they've had for long periods of time. So, man, for, for our players, I really, I, I really want there to be a season. For our fans, I really want there to be a season. It's, uh, it could be some, you know, some special things that, that happen. And, uh, man, it, this, this, you know, I love spending time with the family. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But, man, I really miss being around my team and my staff, and I'm hoping I'm getting the opportunity to, to, uh, to get to the gym with them and go after some special stuff that they're capable of going after.
0: Yeah, right there with you, Coach. I think all of us are ready for some, some sports again, for some stuff to talk about and write about and, um, and watch on TV. So, um, you know, Appreciate your time today. Stay healthy, stay safe. Good luck with that long division with the kids, and good luck putting them in their place on that uh, balloon volleyball court you have going on.
1: Really appreciate you having me on and, and bringing some of this to, to all of us. Uh, you know, sports is so special to all of us, and uh, you know, stay healthy to you, you and everybody that's listening to this.
0: That is the conclusion of our show for this week. We'll start jumping into NFL draft coverage next week. My Profound thanks to Kelly Sheffield for spending so much time with us. You can follow Kelly Sheffield on Twitter at Kelly P. Sheffield. He's got some really cool stories about uh, some things he's doing during his home quarantine. You can follow me on Twitter at the Badger Nation and BadgerBlitz.com at Badger underscore Blitz. And of course, log on to Wisconsin.Rivals.com. Thanks for listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media and have a safe and healthy weekend at home. We will talk to you all very soon.